0: This is Sean Smithgall
1: and Taylor Stuber, your hosts of the PGT Podcast.
0: This is the podcast where we explore different topics related to postgraduate training preparation for pharmacy students. Through our series, we hope to give a down to earth, enticing discussion on how to prepare for postgraduate training application. Today's topic is creating a timeline. And so we're linking a slide set to this that has more details in actually like what goes into your timeline more specifically. But we're just going to have a discussion today about some of the most important factors when creating a timeline. So, Taylor, when does the application residency timeline start? Like when you start thinking about your application, when you start preparing that application, how early
1: well, the intuitive answer might be the summer or fall before you're applying to programs, but it can actually be earlier than that. So it's never a, too early to start looking at and researching potential programs, making sure your CV is up to date, and even attending some of those local or national residency showcases just to get a feel for programs. So I think, as far as that is concerned with the timeline, I think it can start as early um, as you want it to when you're when you're thinking about those, but When you're thinking about other things that go into the timeline, when you're starting to secure reference writers and thinking about applying to those programs and requesting transcripts, those are all things that are going to go into your timeline. I'd say the earlier you can start, the better. So thinking about those things, you know, early August, September, before you're applying to those programs, and then it kind of just unfolds from there.
0: So it's never too early, but it's got to be too late at one point in time. How how bad is procrastinating?
1: Well, I think procrastinating can be really detrimental to the process, especially for some of those time-sensitive items. Let's take, for example, reference writers. So reference writers are going to be very busy at that time of year. It's around the holidays. So they're spending a lot of time traveling with their families. And so they're really uh, taking a, a step outside of their normal obligations to write these references for you. So I think the earlier they know about writing those reference letters, the better. So we'll talk about this in another podcast episode, but if you can secure those reference writers early on, we're talking earlier than December, maybe early November, or even after rotations with those certain preceptors. I think if a if I were a reference writer and a student were to ask me or approach me or email me, after mid-year to write a reference for them, even if they were a good student on my rotation, just the fact that they waited till after mid-year to approach me about that, I think would leave kind of a sour taste in my mouth. So I think with reference writers, it can be really important to try to secure those as early as possible.
0: Yeah. It also doesn't bode well for someone who's about to get into a profession in which having good time management skills is one of the most key points, right? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) To wait to the last minute. That is
1: a great way to, to put it
0: doesn't set the uh, it doesn't set the table well. So what what else are we thinking about here? Procrastinating. So because this can't be done in a day, right? You couldn't sit there the day before these deadlines? And even if you had the reference writers and do some of this stuff, what are some of the other things that are like more so out of the candidate's control is that they can't just do it all themselves?
1: Yeah, I think one of the other things that you have to think about is part of the application with forecasts is requesting official transcripts from your university or college to be sent to forecasts. And so obviously with time of year that this is, a lot of universities and colleges can shut down over winter break. And so trying to put those requests for official transcripts in either late November, early December, as early as you can. The earlier, the better with that. I know some students might get a little on edge about not having their most up-to-date grades, but you can always have your university send them updated transcripts once those grades for the fall semester are finalized and updated. So I think transcripts is another thing that comes to mind that would be really important to make sure that you're ahead of the game on.
0: Yeah. And I'll add that for the application deadlines for these programs, they're all different. I'd say the earliest I've ever seen a program is like end of December, like December 31st. Some of them will go as late as like first or second week of January, but it's usually good if you can just submit all your stuff at the same time, even if a program has a later deadline. That way you don't forget about it and miss that later on by submitting like the one program that's on the 31st, waiting a couple days to submit the one that's on the 2nd. There's a lot going on in your head. It's easy for you to get them jumbled and accidentally be like, oh, I got the wrong dates. This was the program that was the deadline and this one wasn't. So being cognizant of application deadlines.
1: Absolutely. And I think one of the things just from my experience and those that have been successful is look at those application deadlines and obviously write them all down. But my goal whenever I was applying to programs was to be able to submit all of my application materials by my earliest deadline for a program. So I think I had a program that was like a December 31st deadline. So I just requested to my reference writers, I would like to submit by this date to all of my places. So could you have your reference in and then I had all of my application materials ready to go that day. So then I didn't have to worry about specific deadlines thereafter. So I think that that was a good strategy that helped keep me on track and not fall off track.
0: Yeah, and not to scare everybody's trying to apply. There are people who wait, you know, till I would say the late fall to say, I think I want to do a residency program. Even if you're in the middle of your APPEs, it's not too late to to decide you want to make these changes. As soon as you know, figure out exactly what needs to go in your timeline.
1: Absolutely. And I think one of the things that you'll always be doing and, and one of the key parts of the application process is submitting your CV. And I think it's just in general, whether you go and go on and do a residency or you're going to be doing community, I think it's just good habit or good practice to keep an updated, polished CV and updating it You know, on a monthly, bi-monthly basis, whatever works best for you. I think just having that in general will definitely help keep you on track. If you do, if you are one of those people that decides later in the game if that's what you want to do.
0: So switching gears, what about finances? So part of this timeline is obviously going to be worrying about the financial costs of some of these things. So when should a student start to worry about finances? What costs should they account for?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And applying to these programs and interviewing at them is not going to be cheap. There are very few programs out there that will kind of help you with travel and aid in that way. So you can just kind of go into expecting to pay for your travel, your hotel stays, your airfare, all of that upfront for every program that you would interview with. Now, it might be different if we're doing virtual interviews like our current state of affairs, but
0: I went and bank on that being the case with it being in January, February. You know, I'd prepare for both.
1: Absolutely. And so, thinking about that, I think that that's something that you have to think about even earlier on when you're thinking about how you're going to pay for these, whether you have to take out student loans. And that's something that you want to consider if you're taking out fall or spring student loans that are going to pay for this, that's going to be something that you have to be thinking about earlier on. You also want to be thinking about where you're going to be potentially interviewing at. Are you going to be applying to programs that are across the country, or are you just going to be local where you're going to be able to drive to that interview that day and then drive back home where you don't have to pay for a hotel room? So just figure out those costs and, and kind of think about the finances as far as interviewing. You also want to be thinking about, obviously, there's different costs associated with applying to programs and, and signing up for the match. Those are additional costs that you're going to have to consider depending on how many programs you're going to be applying to.
0: Yeah, so what is it for the match? It's like $160 for the match?
1: Yeah, it's 160 to sign up for the National Matching Service, at least it was this past year. And then the other things to consider that's separate that you might might not be as intuitive is that there is a application fee for forecast. So the initial applicant forecast fee is going to be $110. And that allows you to apply to your first four programs. So I think it's worthwhile to at least apply to four programs because you're going to be paying for it anyways. And each additional program that you apply to, it's going to be $43. And this was from this past year, I believe. So those are just other costs that you're going to have to consider as well, depending on how many programs you want to apply to. So that's all kind of the application timeline and process. But let's talk about kind of the timeline for interviews and when the phase one match results come out. So just talk about the interview timeline. When did most of those occur and how, how would you handle those if, if you're a student who is going to be on an APPE rotation during that time?
0: Most students will pre Preemptively, the ones that are preparing for this before selecting rotations, we'll try to pick either January or February as an off block. I recommend February because most places are doing the application evaluations during January, and so they don't start offering interviews till late January, early February. So most some students will plan for February, which is usually interview season, January through February. Sometimes it will go as late as March, but not usually, most programs are done by then. So students will prep for this by blocking February, that way they don't have to take a lot of time off a of rotation. So usually by the end of January, you've heard from most of your programs, you can pick your interview dates, you'll have those dates set in place, You'll go to the interviews, and then in March, you will then have the option to submit your rank list. This is after you've completed all your interviews. And then also in March, you get the results a few weeks later of the phase one match. If you're unsuccessful, it'll go into the phase two match, and that will last until about early April. But then by by mid-April, the entire process is usually done, and you've either successfully gotten a postgraduate training experience or, or not. So,
1: Sean, any last-minute advice uh, when thinking about the residency application timeline?
0: My last-minute advice is don't be last-minute. Never assume anything with the timeline. Don't assume, I don't have to worry about this because this doesn't happen until this date. Double, triple check yourself and might as well go ahead and look at all the dates ahead of time. Put them in your calendar. These things can approach much quicker than you can anticipate. Be very diligent about knowing when everything is occurring. That's the most important thing. That way you can stay on top of things as much as possible and not get behind.
1: Great advice. And I I couldn't agree more. So that's all the time that we have today. Thank you all for tuning into this episode of the PGT podcast. And thank you, Sean, for sharing your input. Thank you, Taylor. All right. Bye, everyone.